Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Understory podcast. Understory is a global community of innovators and startups that are working toward a sustainable world. And we've featured a lot of guests in the area. And today we're really excited to have Justin Whitehead, the founder and CEO of Pebble Finance to join us. Justin, thank you for making the time and join the Understory podcast. Hey, thanks, JJ. Thank you very much for having me. Let's talk about Pebble Finance and why you started the company. What's the vision? What do you want to achieve with Pebble Finance? So uh, myself and co-founders uh, of Pebble Finance, we met uh, a few years ago working at a, a prior tech startup called Kencho, which was a, a fintech in the, the AI and data science uh, space. And uh, the group of us, uh, after, after leaving uh, Kencho at various times, uh, we got together and we said, hey, you know, we've spent, uh, I think at that point, collectively, we probably spent about 40, 50 years um, working in the finance industry. Uh, we spent a lot of that time building tools and technologies for asset managers, for uh, sales and trading organizations, for analysts, uh, the, the professionals that work on Wall Street. You know, can we take any of that insight and actually bring it over to uh, the retail audience, the actual individual uh, investor? Um, so very early on uh, in the Pebble story, we said, hey, we, uh, we know how uh, to, to understand a portfolio. We can explain uh, a portfolio and how it's performing and the characteristics about that portfolio to an asset manager. Uh, can I explain this to my next door neighbor uh, and other neighbors and, and people more in, in general? So we uh, clobbered together some technology, uh, pulled some uh, data sources. Uh, one of the, the keen things that we were looking into was ESG. So for those who uh, are aware, ESG is, uh, is basically a, a values-driven, sustainable focus on investing. Uh, there's lots of ESG funds that are out there. There are a lot of uh, data providers out there that score different companies based on you know, their environmental impact and how uh, good or bad they are for uh, society and so forth. So we took uh, individual retail portfolios, we combined it with some of this ESG data, and we showed uh, uh, end users uh, how, how green was your portfolio, how is it performing, how, how do you compare to your, how do your, you compare to your neighbors and so on and so forth. Uh, and what we learned was, uh, it, was pre- it was a pretty fascinating uh, uh, experience. A um, couple things stood out. One, uh, nobody agrees on what ESG means. Um, so you talk to people, especially up here in the Northeast, the conversation very quickly focuses in on uh, fossil fuels and, uh, and all that. You go to the Pacific Northwest, and for whatever reason, uh, a lot of the conversation centered around human rights issues and you know, you know, holding on to uh, public prison companies and, and that sort of thing. Uh, you go down south, and the conversation was uh, very centered on First Amendment rights uh, and that sort of thing. Um, everybody uh, discovered something new about their portfolio. Most people are invested in ETFs and mutual funds and had no idea what was uh, underneath the scenes. Uh, when you had someone that you were talking to specifically about climate, uh, you'd see utter shock when they're just like, yeah, your, your portfolio is, is browner than your neighbor or the, the people in this area. 
Uh, and that's because you own a lot of these uh, fossil fuel companies. And they're just like, hey, you know, I, I drive a Tesla. I've got solar panels on my roof. You know, what the heck? You know, I didn't know that I had uh, these companies underneath the hood. So while everybody's opinions were vastly different and unique, which is wildly interesting, one common thread across all of them was uh, that A, people did not know uh, or were not that aware of what they were actually you know, owning in their 401ks and their brokerage accounts. And B, once they found out about what uh, they were owning, the next question always was, well, what can I do about it? And that common theme ends up being the, the seed to what we see Pebble today. So Pebble, in a nutshell, is uh, giving back control uh, to individual investors, people that have their own 401ks and joint brokerage accounts, and allowing them to invest in the mutual funds and the ETFs that they like, but actually control uh, to whatever degree they want uh, what is actually being held uh, underneath the scenes. So if you are, uh, if if you focus on uh, you know fossil fuels, you can edit out you know fossil fuels. From your uh, from your investments, if you think uh, Facebook is a terrible company and and bad for you know bad for the world and all that, you can edit Facebook out of your uh, investments as well. Uh, we leave it uh, all the way up to the uh, to the individual. That's so fascinating, and I think just to step back for some of our audience, I'm assuming that a lot of people understand index funds, mutual funds, but perhaps before we talk more about the differentiation and the product and why this is mission aligned with individual retail investors. What is an index fund and what is a mutual fund, Justin? And to a point, there are also lots of discussion about investment firms, the, the Black Rocks of the world, uh, the State Street of the world, building ESG-focused mutual funds or ETFs and um how does Pebble fit into that overall picture? Yeah, um, so the uh, so this is great because this is actually my my early career was was all focused on portfolios and it was mutual fund managers who were trying to build uh, to to beat the ultimate uh, index. So uh, if we think about how our parents collectively, or probably any of the listeners uh, of this podcast, if you look back and think about how your parents were introduced to investing um, at that point in time world was very, very different place. Like you didn't have, uh, you didn't have blogs, you didn't have podcasts where you could learn about financial markets. I mean, the internet was barely a thing for uh, the longest time. Um, if you wanted to be involved in investing, uh, it usually meant finding a local, you know, branch office of a brokerage firm in your town, talking to a stockbroker, which has now been rebranded a, a financial advisor. And, uh, you know, they would you know help you uh, uh, invest your money in the markets. If you wanted to be diversified, uh, they would find for you a, a mutual fund to go ahead and invest in. So there would be some active management team that is pulling a bunch of money together and then making discretionary uh, investing decisions for that pool of money. The goal of the, the, the mutual fund, it depends. There's lots of different flavors and varieties and all that. But generally, uh, their goal was to, to outperform the index. Um, along the way, uh, uh, and a lot of the credit goes to uh, Jack Bogle, who is actually the the uh, the, the founder of, of Vanguard. Uh, 
in observation to seeing lots of uh, this actively managed money, so people that are investing in uh, mutual funds, not really beating the index, most, most of them uh, underperformed, uh, had this thesis that like, listen, you should just be able to, to cheaply and easily buy um, the index alone. So no active decision-making, no, no portfolio manager, you know, picking, you know, what stock he or she thinks is going to be the next big win, um, so on and so forth. Just buy the entire index uh, as is. So for S&P 500, which is the most popular index in the, the fund, there are about 500, uh, there are 500 companies in it, which translates to about 504 uh, stocks inside the index. Um, and in this mindset, uh, the fees could be driven, you know, way down. Um, and uh, these index funds then started reaching broader, broad, uh, broader and uh, markets by way of uh, passive mutual funds, passive index mutual funds, and then eventually, and what most people are probably working with right now are uh, index ETFs. And this is where like BlackRock uh, that you mentioned and State Street, State Street runs SPY, SPY, which is the uh, the S and P five hundred uh, ETF. Uh, Vanguard runs VOO, which is the same thing. Uh, BlackRock runs IVV, which is also the same thing. Um, and there's this big concentration. Uh, I mean, there's a whole whole separate thing with respect to uh, a concentration of uh, share ownership amongst a few um, uh, asset managers. But that's the general landscape of of mutual funds and uh, and index funds. Uh, where Pebble is set apart is instead of you uh, investing money, giving it to uh, an asset manager like BlackRock or State Street or Vanguard and having them invest it in a mutual, one of their mutual funds or one of their index funds, you actually own the stocks yourself. You're your own asset manager. And Pebble has a machine that works on your behalf and keeps all the individual stocks uh, in line with whatever your target objective is. So if it is the S&P 500 and you just want to copy it, we can just copy it. If you want the S&P 500 with some sort of personalized ESG spin, and you know maybe maybe you want to get rid of you know uh, you know a couple other companies for whatever reason in there, it takes your expression, your ideas, and will automatically run that uh, portfolio for you in your account. And uh, this has an uh, addition, and this is actually just coming up in uh, you know, TikTok and Twitter uh, it was, is whipping through uh, this past week. When you do this the Pebble way, you are the share owner. Uh, and that means you have the vote. Uh, each and every share, I, each and every share that's in your Pebble account uh, is owned under your name and you get to vote uh, those shares for the board of directors, uh, uh, other things that come on the proxy statement as well. You don't have that ability if you are going through uh, an asset manager. That's a very, very interesting twist uh, uh, that people are discovering. And I, I think you you laid out that very nicely, Justin. And um, in fact, I think on on your Twitter account, you actually you it's it's the called the divesting app, right? Because you allow people to choose, add or subtract. And a lot of times is if people want to buy the index, but they don't like certain companies because of their practices in uh, environment protection and what have you, then they can essentially divest or subtract 
that company mm -hmm. from their overall holdings? Yep. So right now, today, uh, you can go in and copy an ETF or copy copy the S&P 500. S&P 500 happens to be the most popular thing. And you can clip out whatever companies for whatever reasons you want. So if you want to clip out five companies, congratulations, you've now got the your own personal flavor of the S&P 495 uh, type, of, type of deal. Uh, we do also go the other way. Um, people that uh, you know enter enter the app, they they start to divest. If they want to, uh, right now uh, we have people that come even further and they join our Pebble uh, Pebble Slack channel, uh, and they'll ask. They'll, they'll come up with different ideas of uh, different types of portfolios they want to create. So it's not purely just divesting, but that is what most people understand. Uh, you can actually come and create new baskets and new new types of portfolios on the fly as well. So for example, uh, I don't, I don't know where you, you live right now, but, uh, you know, we met someone, uh, months ago who, uh, uh, joined, joined Pebble and said, Hey, you know, I, I live in San Diego. I love San Diego. Uh, I saw on TV the, uh, you know, a year or two ago, how San Diego companies are doing great. I just want to invest in San Diego companies. And there's no ETF, no mutual fund, nothing out there that you can buy, uh, that could, build that for you. But Pebble was able to go ahead and, and build that, that basket uh, for them. Yep. And um, what about the business model? So are you, is Pebble charging uh, a kind of a fee that's similar to the actively managed uh, funds or um, kind of similar to the index funds and the mutual funds? So at the moment, we don't charge uh, any fees. Um, and right now we are spinning up formally our federally covered uh, advisory uh, practice. Uh, so with that, we will uh, A, be in a fiduciary, uh, a direct fiduciary relationship uh, with every uh, Pebble client. Uh, that will also allow us to uh, do some more management of the portfolios behind, uh, behind the scenes, uh, which is good. And uh, we will be able to start uh, collecting fees at that point. Um, our plan is to always make the S&P uh, 500 and making any modification to that index, which is the world's most popular index, free. Um, we want people to be able to express themselves, uh, you know, try it on, see, you know, that's the whole let, let a thousand flowers um, bloom and bloom differently. And it's just interesting to see uh, what people will create from that. But if you wanted to copy, say, a mutual fund or an actively managed ETF where you'd be paying fees, we'll be charging a fee uh, for that as well. So you can copy people. You can edit what you copy. Um, maybe it's a, maybe it's a ESG ETF that you um, that you want to that you want to. Uh, there's a lot of ESG ETFs out there, ironically, that still actually have oil companies and uh, you know coal-powered utilities uh, inside them. If you want to make deeper cuts into one of those, like that's a that's a, a different type of ETF. We'll go ahead and, and charge a small uh, fee for uh, for those, but well under what you would uh, expect to be paying like an actively managed mutual fund or, or anything like that. And inside your product, does the user have the ability, do you, do you provide research to the user to educate them on what are the companies that um, have, for example, met the 
ESG standards or these are the companies that have more transparency? Do you give them certain data points or research from the industry to allow them to make the decision as to buy and or divest? So we try to stay as neutral on that topic as possible. So with ESG as an example, there are, I swear every week, there's a brand new you know, ESG company you know, coming to market and everyone's, everyone's different. Um, we don't want to go ahead and say one company has a better scoring system than another company because at the end of the day, and kind of like how I, I mentioned the origin story, ESG ends up being uh, a bit subjective um, anyway. Um, the, uh, we, do, um, we do provide some research, but this is more on the, the, the macro side. So if you sign up for Pebble right now, uh, you'll uh, uh, get added to uh, a newsletter independently. Uh, uh, you can also just join uh, the newsletter if you're interested in that, where we go over yeah, a lot of the topics that are going on in the world and financial uh, with financial markets um, uh, and that type of stuff. So we do kind of we do get that type of context, but we uh, we steer clear of trying to actually say like, hey, you know, everybody should be you know divesting from you know one company or uh, or another. What we end up seeing is uh, people are forming those opinions organically and and already. Uh, out there in social media, on Reddit, on you know, on Twitter, and um, uh, and that sort of thing. People are part of communities right now that are that are voicing their opinions uh, and voicing their ideas. Uh, you know, when it comes to certain themes or, or certain companies, we are just helping you take that voice and actually do something with it. Actually, materialize it um, and uh, apply it to your to your investment portfolio. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, uh, thank you for that. Very helpful. And uh, given the team's background, Justin, working at Kencho and uh, other companies in the fintech space and now with Pebble Finance, how do you see the retail investing market evolve? Um, you know, there, there was talk about the meme stocks, there as you say, lots of talks around ESG investing. Um, you have Robinhood of the world. You have uh, the incumbents that are also trying to get more investors to put their money into um, their, their funds. How, how do you, what would you say to retail investors as they think about either coming uh, into uh, the investing space uh, beyond putting their cashing 401k or ex more experienced retail investors as the market continues to shift? So the, it's funny, if you walk the halls in Wall Street, you'll hear, uh, you'll hear the term, the great wealth transfer come up a bit. So it's, it's actually getting talked about um, uh, quite a bit on uh, in, in Wall Street, but uh, you've got yeah, if you think of the the generations that are alive and active investors, you've got you've got uh, the boomers, Gen X, millennial, uh, and and Gen Z uh, getting into the market. Um, there's a stark difference between how the boomer generation invests and their millennial children. Likewise, Gen X and their their Gen Z uh, children. Uh, that type of change was never ever such. Yeah, you know, it, it became 
very evident right around the pandemic. Uh, the pandemic was like an activation function. And all of a sudden, you had a lot of millennials that were that were sitting on the sidelines, you know, like ever since the global financial crisis, entering the market in droves, you had, uh, you know, uh, Gen Z getting in there. And yeah, there's been a lot of experimentation in crypto, it, you know, GME, you know, went for a wild ride uh, just over a year ago and, uh, and AMC and the, and the meme stocks. Um, the, it is a different environment there. You, we have as investors now, again, compared to our you know, collective parents, we have more information at our fingertips than ever, than ever before. Um, because of that, because of, of information is easier um, to get to and all that, uh, our generations are staying more and more self self directed. And you know, I, I spend quite a bit of time on uh, you know on Reddit uh, observing you know observing the questions that come up and the answers that get given. Yeah, you get a lot of you know Wall Street bets might not be the the best subreddit to go get you know financial advice, but there's some like fantastic you know subreddits where People are asking legitimately nuanced questions and getting really, really thoughtful uh, answers, um, and that's that's great. Um, and uh, because of that, people are uh, more independent. Um, because of all this information, people are increasingly aware of what they own. Uh, and now, you know, we're here trying to uh, fill that that last mile by. Uh, you know, giving people that have uh, an increased amount of information and an increased awareness of, of what they own uh, and uh, a respective increased amount of uh, agency uh, to express themselves on those portfolios, just like we can control almost any, uh, every other aspect of uh, our like. Uh, of our lives these days through, through digital means. Yeah, no, thank you for that perspective. Um, I love the experience of Pebble and uh, it, uh, it's a different way of getting retail investors to think thoughtfully about what they're investing into and investing based on information they know about companies. Justin, how can people download the app? How can they find more information about Pebble? Tell us that. Sure. So uh, the app is available in both the Android and iOS uh App stores. Just search for for Pebble Finance, uh, and and you'll see us. Uh, you'll see us there. Uh, you can come to our website as well. Uh, https uh, colon slash slash uh, pebble dot finance. Uh, there'll be links for downloading the app off of that as well. Um, from the website, uh, if you're interested in just uh, paying attention to the uh, the Pebble newsletter, you know there are links at the bottom of the website to go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, and you'll uh, you'll get to hear uh, James, uh, one of the co-founders, uh, who's uh, uh, brilliant um, uh, in the the economic space here. Um, you know, share some of his uh, insights and, and wisdom and observations uh, each and each and every week. Um, if you uh, download the app uh, uh, or jump onto the newsletter, uh, there will also be you know ways to jump into the Pebble Slack community where you'll have access to uh, the Pebble team and other members who are, uh, you know, discussing fairly actively, you know, ideas, uh, you know, topics about investing and divesting and uh, all, all sorts of things. So all those are, all those are out there. Excellent. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, talk about Pebble finance. And we learned a lot and uh, we're all excited to see what's to come for, for the team. 
Justin Whitehead, uh, so CEO much. and founder of Pebble Finance. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Thank you.